life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. We have so much to talk about. And our shooter, Chance, is back on with me. Welcome back, man. I'm here again. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> and that's a good thing, man. I, I'm so excited for the upcoming Velocity Season 3 that we're going to be shooting. You're going to be joining us for a lot of stuff. Yep. It's on. I mean, it's still winter here, but things are melting, and it's giving me the urge. Well, I have it's, to go driving. It's been a pretty warm day, though, today. I was asking a bit much of my snow tires to, Were come, you? to come here. Yeah. I heard you pull up, though. You're, you're, you've done something to your exhaust a little bit on your FRS? Yeah, well, or your B- BRZ, BRZ, same sorry, yes. Um, I recently I redid the the clutch on my car. Okay, and uh, I had some help with a couple guys from the local FRS BRZ club. Yeah, and uh, you know the, you get talking with guys that have similar taste in cars, and you start saying, as well, one does. Yes. What do what do you want to do to your car? What have you done to it? You know those kinds of questions. And yeah. I was like, well, I'd like to do an exhaust, but I don't have. <laughs> it's one of those things that I'd love to do, but it's Short one of those of cars that cats. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I want to throw money at it. You yeah. Know? So one of them's like, hey, I've got an extra one that I had shipped to me by accident, and they didn't want it back. <laughs> Perfect. So, and uh, some of you may have heard of it, but it's a it's a track pipe. It's basically a muffler delete. <laughs> so <laughs> it it almost looks like someone took a fence post, could have put a couple of strategically placed bends in it, and an exhaust <laughs> hanger and a flange, and there you go. Just weld it up and screw it on, right? Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. But yeah, it, it's actually not as as loud and obnoxious as you'd think. It's not. It doesn't it's, drone on the freeway I, or anything. No, it's still got okay. the resonator on the the by the cats. Because I can tell when you arrive. I was like, oh yeah, yeah chances it's, it's here. A, there it's he a lot is. louder than it was, and I yeah. think I think Todd's was still louder when he. Oh yeah, this. I'm pretty yeah. sure his was a lot and louder. And the Z car, the 300Z that he had, that was loud. Was that, it? Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, guys, welcome back to the show. We are thrilled to have you with us. Todd is on a brief hiatus, so Chance is joining us again, as you can hear. We have so much to talk about. As I said, I I want to talk about the Geneva Motor Show, which is currently going. We're in the midst of the press days as of this recording right now. Yep. Lots of cars to discuss, lots of favorites, favorites, lots of dislikes too, and I want to go through that. And then we're going to do one debate after the break for a couple out in Wisconsin. They... Um, they, uh, yeah, have uh, quite it's, a debate. It's quite here. a garage they've got. They've got the disease badly. And this is for Emily, as a matter of fact. Emily and her husband, she said, were born in Wisconsin, also known as First World Problems, also known as Emily. Thanks for <laughs> writing in. We're going to get to that. And then you guys have asked such great questions. We'll, uh, we'll wrap up with that. But I do want to start out with the television season two. That is, all the episodes are officially uploaded to Vimeo at this point. So the entire season is on Vimeo. You can find it there. Thank you for your support. And speaking of support, we couldn't have done it without our sponsors for television this year, Covercraft, Griot's Garage, and our friend at Auto Tempest as well. So uh, we recently had a giveaway. And uh, we are announcing the mileage giveaway. It was to guess the mileage of the Mini, the long-term Mini. And no, it's not quite a million miles yet. <laughs> I uh, hope it gets needs there. another zero on there. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and uh, you saw the range. So we posted for questions, for guesses. And the winner is Alex R. He is known as Disco Pogo on Instagram. You guessed 186 Five five five, and the correct answer was one hundred eighty six thousand five hundred fifty nine miles. So he was wow, just he was pretty close. four away. Impressive, yeah. And uh, yeah, well done. So we will be in contact. You'll have your choice of a Covercraft car shade or a Covercraft car cover, graciously provided by Covercraft. And uh, yeah, well done, man. So watch out for upcoming giveaways uh, very shortly. We're going to do it again, so stay tuned for that. We'll be announcing that one shortly, but uh, for now, Alex, congrats, man, and uh, hope this really is helpful for you, and uh, you get something you can really use. Yeah, for sure. Holy moly. So, um, yeah, if uh, one last note on our sponsors, if you use the code EVERYDAY, Covercraft will give you free shipping in the U.S. Griot's Garage will give you 10% off your order, so Go to those sites if you're ordering from there, and then, uh, of course, shop for your used car to uh, 
you know, try to nullify the disease on auto yeah, do, as well. do what we do when we're, you know, hunting for cars for your debates. Which is pretty much what you did all afternoon. You were prepping for this debate, weren't you? Yeah, I, I was, before we got on air, I was telling Paul that, uh, you know, I think I've taken a lot more notes this time than I ever have. Glad to hear it. Welcome to the prep. Yeah. I mean, we're, we take notes, we make, yeah, suggestions, all... It's it's actually quite a it's, bit. It's, it's almost another job just for <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Yeah. Yes it is. <clears throat> well, I thought we could tra- transition a little bit over to the Geneva Geneva Motor Show, which I said is going on right now and this is one of the biggest motor shows on the planet. I mean, yeah. Everybody shows up to this. It's, and not only that, they they come swinging hard and they just plot all the stops sure. and all the the beautiful cars and some really wonky ones as well. But they 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 don't come to to you know just lollygag. They're they're not messing around here. Yeah, they're bringing the bringing the noise, bringing their A game for sure. So I want to ask you, I want to ask you about things that stuck out. I mean, I know you come more from the wrenching on it yourself and muscle car sort of. That's who you are. I mean, yeah, I, I thought I, the T-shirt like you had the... on was an Iron Maiden T-shirt, but that's not the case. No, I, it's a Muse shirt. Okay, either way, I, I thought all right. So you're you're like wrenching on it so i'm just kind of wondering what your perspective is talk about your favorites talk about things that stuck out to you i mean of course there's a bunch of weird stuff the sbarro guy you know he's been doing stuff yeah crazy the, the stuff mansory oddness years and years lots of tuners i still don't understand liberty walk i no. don't get it i don't like it no it doesn't add honestly it's it's a big distraction for me but yeah what are some things that were really the highlights that stood out for you uh, I think what the the one that really stood out the most was I, I really liked the new Rimic, the two C or oh, C two C two. Sure, yeah. They've, everybody's been waiting for that, and they have a yeah. giant fire extinguisher in the car now. So yeah, <laughs> that, that was I think one of the ultimate trolls because you know, and if, I don't know if you <laughs> noticed, but on the strap holding the fire extinguisher in place, it has stamped into it in case of hill climb extinguish fire yeah this is actually tooled into the leather yeah beautifully yeah i, lo- I loved that that, yeah, that was just hilarious that is me. the ultimate trolling right there but the the equivalent of like 2000 horsepower is what, what they're claiming and it's, it's gonna cow. be stupid fast and it looks i think it looks great Oh my gosh! All right, so you're you're liking that one, and it's also funny. It's the first two that that kind of stood out to me were both electric cars, and here I am, Mister you know, American Muscle. And yeah, granted, I like here I like, you are. Life's too short to be concerned about which octane you put in, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I do. I do both, okay, uh, all right. Yeah. Anyways, um, I liked the uh, the Jaguar I Pace. They finally released a price. And they're starting at seventy grand. Yeah, I was going to ask. Was it? Is it about seventy? Uh huh. Seventy grand is what they're starting at, which is, uh, it said ten grand under the Model X. I don't follow Tesla all that, cl- not the Model X, anyways, all that closely. Well, that's but the that's base, probably the, yeah, that's probably the base base Barely welcome one. to Tesla Model yeah. Xs. Fully loaded, they're hundred and fifty. Oh yeah. Easy. Uh, so yeah, that's you can so buy that's two. I think pieces. that's a little little deceiving with that, but that's on my list. As a matter of fact, I, I mean, finally, congratulations—a car that is proving you can have a visually compelling interior. Yeah, honestly, it's the opposite of what Tesla is. It still has its screens and stuff, uh-huh. but I really like the iPace. Yeah, I, I, I'm impressed with it, and I hope it it solidifies the Jag brand even more than just such a niche car manufacturer. Yeah, I hope that's what it does. I hope. People gravitating towards the X will take a hard look at the I Pace. Yeah, and they're not—they're not a very big car either. We've seen them at the no. LA Auto Show. They're—they're about—I think they're about the appropriate size. I mean, with the popularity that Todd and I are talking about all the time, the CUV class, I think it's well marketed, well yeah. produced. The design brief is well constructed. I'll say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's—it's it's difficult to. It's easy to keep drawing and keep going. Simple is very difficult. I mean, look at Apple products yeah. versus name another laptop manufacturer. They're all kinds of weird things. Especially think, the ones meant for gamers. Yeah. Wh- why is it like that? You know, and, and I understand the gaming market is entirely different, but simple is hard to do. Anyway, keep yeah. going. Uh, the other two that I, I noted, the, the BMW M8 Grand Coupe. Yes. Was, I thought it was a really good-looking car. Yes, I do like that one, too. They're, as far as you know, stylistically, I think it was fantastic-looking. Yeah, I feel like they're finding their exterior next-generation voice. Yeah. But the interiors are still just uh, not all the way there yet. Yeah, they're, they, BMW's like they're interiors have kind of been the same for the past 
two decades. Agreed. I Three feel decades. like they're just kind of trapped in a stylistic yeah. language that they can't break out of. Yeah. Or they're not willing to break out of. Yeah. And uh, then the, the other one that stood out to me, that it wasn't it was officially unveiled at Geneva, but we've kind of seen it already, and that's the uh, Ferrari 488 Pista. Oh, uh, yes. Which, Are you a Ferrari guy? Not necessarily. I mean, not, not given your druthers. I've always liked older Ferraris. Okay, I, um, I do too. I've, I've, one of my favorite Ferraris has been the Marinello for a lot of years. Really? I thought those were pretty good looking cars. I'd love to own one. Okay, all right. But all right. Uh, yeah. So I, you like those? I do. I, the, the 488, I think, was a good looking car to begin with. And then they put all this arrow and all kinds of madness on it. And it just, it looks killer. Yeah, it actually looks pretty good. Although, yeah, there's others I'd take, of course. Well, but... yeah, it's not my first choice, but it's... You know, Ferrari. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I have a laundry list of cars that stuck out to me. Of course, topping the list is the Roof CTR, Yellowbird, and the SCR. So these are actually not Porsche 911s. No. It is the company Alois Roof. Actually, it was uh, Alois and uh, Uwe Gambala who, who actually were kind of doing competing companies although they end up being friends one kind yeah. of focus more on aero another kind of focus more on engines and tuning but then gimbal has gone, gone a different direction and, and roof is still around they've been pretty quiet they're the last very, couple of years but they're making a comeback it seems like yeah they're very unique and, and they're not the um singer by 911 or 911 by singer or you know a bunch of other sort of rebuilds even though yeah. was, i i want a singer desperately oh yeah they definitely have their own unique look and they've always started with the Porsche 911 body in white and then built it out from there but now this is all carbon this is it's kind of considered their own car even though it is a 911 shape yeah but i am all about these cars I, the the want is very very strong yeah yeah, yeah. i I said it last year when they they showed it the first time the the Yellowbird. I don't like the lights, the modernized okay. old style lights. They just don't work for me on on that car. I had a calendar, like a wall calendar, as a kid, and it was it had the AMG hammer. I mean, we're talking late eighties. Yeah. It, it had the hammer in there. It had the original eighty seven Yellowbird in there. It had that was a hairy car. Oh, Koenig Ferraris and and Lister Jags and all these killer cars. And I just, I honestly, I wish I still had that calendar. Yeah, it sounds like an interesting one. For oh sure. my gosh! And, and, I mean, that original Yellowbird was what really pushed me over the edge. Yeah. I mean, that and building testers models as a kid, but still. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, so, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't care for the interior of the the new roofs, though. I think it's. I suppose they, they look it's fine. All, it's it's Alcantara it's everywhere. Everything Alcantara. It's just too much. It's, uh, just, it's a little too much. Too much. <laughs> well, you know the the roof liner is Alcantara. The a pillars Alcantara. The that. carpet looks like it's Alcantara. I'm not whole, seeing a problem. The dash and the dash pad and everything is just. <laughs> you get in and you're wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, I, I see that. But yeah, the, the the roof products, of course. Sticking with Porsche, we'll get through Porsche very briefly. The Mission E Cross Turismo. Did you see uh, this thing? Yes. What do you think? That's ugly. You think it's, it's ugly? Hideous. I, I mean, I I don't even know if I like the idea of it. It's a concept. Yes, it is a concept. Uh, but it's, basically, it's it's a Panamera Sport Turismo, which I love, which is way. a great looking car. Yeah, and then they jacked it up so it, it's like Audi All Road kind of ride height. It is with knobby looking tires. Yeah, it's got the fender flares. And then they put the Mission E front end on it, and kind of it just it doesn't work for me at all. I mean, it works very well as a sketch, but so do all sketches, right? Right. I, I I'm very intrigued by this, and I guess. The biggest part of me is enthralled that Porsche is pushing so hard in new directions like this. They're yeah. not resting in their laurels. They're not, you know, we're just all about 911s. The fact that they still are developing and, and creating 911s is amazing. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that their portfolio is so broad and all these cars are genuinely Porsche cars and subscribing to the ethos and, you know, all that stuff that Porsche is, that's what I love about it. I agree that it's... It's not what you traditionally think. Wow, that's a Porsche? Yeah. Okay, I'm warming to it. I'm getting used to it. But I, yeah, check out this, this uh, yeah, Mission E Cross Turismo. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the concept of it. I love the idea. 
it's just I don't like the way they styled it. It's you don't just, like the execution, essentially? No, the, the front end particularly, anyways. Would the color make a difference for you? And I ask because uh, color can really influence your decision, maybe, unfortunately, for good I, or for bad. I don't know. I'd have to see it in other colors, I guess. Yeah. I'm just wondering. I like that. But then, of course, the green 911 GT3 facelift. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's uh, yeah, money. That, that really does it for that me. That is money. Uh, there's a bunch of others here, too. I, I'm going to put down all the Formula E racers. I am increasingly intrigued with Formula E and the fact that a lot of auto manufacturers are gravitating and now participating in that. Some have left Le Mans, actually, and going after Formula E. Some have left Formula One or, or not considering that anymore and going into Formula E. Yep. I'm intrigued by this. And, yes, it does affect the, I, I will say, the trickle-down technology. I mean... Formula One is really, Formula One and Le Mans, I would say, are the two motorsports that actually have trickle-down technology to road cars. Those are probably at the pinnacle. IndyCar considers themselves entertainment, as does NASCAR. I mean, most racing series are really for entertainment. But here is Formula E that is pushing so hard in this direction, and the development, I think, will see a dearth of manuals in the future, unfortunately, it's just yeah. kind of the way powertrains are going. But I do love the tech. I, I mean, you know me. I, I'm over here with the. I just want a rear-wheel drive, manual transmission car, <laughs> especially no with the Porsche badge aids, on it. Especially with the Porsche badge, of course. <laughs> and then the latest, newest, hottest tech. And I think there's just going to be this broad gap in between. Yeah. And car manufacturers are going to be trying everything. But anyway, I'm fascinated by the Formula E racers, as I am the Toyota Supra concept. I mean, right now it's the the GR Super Concept, and then next year apparently will be the full brand new Supra in yeah, conjunction with the new form, BMW yeah. Z4. I don't quite know the specs. I haven't read everything, and and we don't know all the specs yeah, they yet. Unleashed, unleashed, they haven't released everything. <laughs> unleashed, released, unleashed, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so back to my comment about Formula E. I don't know that the Toyota Supra will have a manual transmission. It's looking I, like it's not. I've I can't seen both confirm ways, that yet, but it looks like it's not going to. Uh, there's I just I I wonder if that is a genuine mistake. I'm all for pushing towards the future, but I wonder if that is a mistake on Toyota's part. I know the 86 Twins have the the manual. Yeah. I know they've gone that direction. The price has to be really in a sweet spot for enthusiasts. I mean, pretty much everybody R- listening. Rumors are about 50, I think, is what I've heard. I mean, that's uh, the upper end, I'd say. Yeah. I wouldn't my, go too much more than that. My problem is with it. I think it looks great. You take away the the wide body and the big spoiler, and you've got yourself the production car look, pretty much. Yeah, and yeah. it it looks pretty close to what the FT1 concept looked like, looked like from a few years back. True, which I thought was a gorgeous car. I've seen that at the Calty Design Studio in California. And They've got it sitting in their lobby, and it's just wow. Make that, please yeah, make that. Yeah, it's fantastic looking. And you know they they're working with BMW with the engines. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be the new Z4 or Z5, as, as some are calling it. Right. But the when you compare, okay, go back to the '90s, and the Supra was competitors with the NSX and the Skyline GTR. Right. Those were its big Japanese competitors. True. And look at where those cars are today. The NSX has 560 whatever horsepower. And the it's GTR beyond is right the reach up there of too. most people. And it's, As kind yeah. was the NSX, but not really. But here we are with the Supra, and they had you know 320 horsepower back then. Yes. And rumors are suggesting 330 to 350. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, well, that, that's nice and everything, but this is more of a, a new – it's more of what the FRS should have been in the first place. I feel that way, but I'm glad the FRS bigger, was but... so obtainable. Yeah. And aspirational so, for so most people, that's, that's... despite the lack of power. Yeah, but that's where my problem lies, is with the, was with the name. Because... You mean resurrecting the name and not... Yeah, you're resurrecting this... Not pushing this it so much farther. hallowed you're... name that... But it's not anywhere close to what its old competitors are now. No. Now, if you just call it the FT1 like it was originally, then I think that's great. I love it. Yeah, so then what should the next Supra have been? Probably more along the lines of, you know, the GTR, where it's, you know, 500-something horsepower. Like way up and there, you're, you're thinking? Big turbo V6. But that and, means the price is oh, the price out of reach of, of most people. The price would be $100,000 plus, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But, okay. you know, that's, I don't know, maybe people wouldn't buy it if it was that expensive. I mean, you know, the, it's think Toyota. about it. The 1979 Supra was the Supra Celica Coupe. Yeah. They actually used both names on the same car. Yep. 
and then they split their separate ways. The Celica still could make a return. It could be, say, between the 86 and the Supra, but that means the Supra would have to be pushed up further. But the Supra was all about being obtainable. It just the NSX never started life like that. So so maybe what they do is this this first version could be a Celica, and then you make a uh, hot version, and you maybe. have a Celica Supra again. I mean, the Celica has so much racing history, too. Yeah, they do. I mean, they could have brought that back. More so with rally racing than anything. But. Very, very much so. But, I mean, I can see your point, but I like that at least they're doing something to feed the addiction. Yeah. Instead of just... Camrys and minivans and Corollas. Oh, totally. And and, and I'm yeah. I'm being totally nitpicky. It's it's like the, as am I, but we're here to nitpick. Yeah, it's, life isn't like the, the Dodge Chargers. Now they're four doors. <laughs> they were never four doors back in the day. I'm sorry, but they weren't. And so. now everybody's fine with it. Yeah, it's just. I'm sure we're is. all gonna be fine with it. But yeah. I just I wonder if it doesn't have a manual, will that hurt some sales? I mean, they can look at sales numbers and make a case for not providing a manual transmission. They can. Well, here's but from the thing. a perception, the, that's what I want. Whether yeah. or not they sell a bunch of them or not, it's all about perception that, hey, Toyota's back as a driver's company. Yeah. That's what I want. I, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Well, and then think of the, you know, the GTR when they first came out. They couldn't build them fast enough. and they, They're not manuals. Yeah, yeah, Granted, true. they were the supercar killer. But, yeah, but, and no longer. I mean, they're way up there, but yeah. but I, I love that it pushed the pack, and then the pack caught up, and then now they're being surpassed. And, and they, they need to you know you know redo it now. It's been what ten years? Well, yeah, just Almost. about. Hell. Gosh, you're Nine. right, just about. Yeah, that's crazy. It's time, time for a new GTR, everyone. <laughs> wow, I I never thought about that. All right, so yeah, we'll look forward to the new GTR too. What else? The Alpine Alpine A110 Pure from Renault. I like them. Oh, I didn't really look too much into it. Lots just of love. It's, I mean, this is the next Cayman. This is the next. Yeah. I, I mean, we both, Todd and I both love the mid-engine thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I know you do too. I think you're still <clears throat> jonesing for a Cayman at some point. Yeah, yeah. You keep sending me links. You keep I texting do. me links like, <laughs> I'm what about this Cayman? What about this uh, salvage title or rebuilt title 911 or whatever it was you sent me the other day? Yeah, there was a 911 I found. Uh <laughs> Yes, it was a rebuilt title, but it was kind of weird because in the description it said rebuilt title, but it wasn't collision damage. It said right on the Carfax, non-collision damage. Right, it was the IMS. Uh, yeah, it claimed to be incident. an IMS bearing. Yeah. Um, so it's got a new engine in it. Fine, put a new engine in it. And yeah. Drive it. So. Yeah, was, I could see that. It was pretty that. cheap for what it was. I could see I that. Know. Your wife is listening, and she's rolling her eyes at you. Probably. I can, I can hear <laughs> it from here. What else? Uh, a couple more on here. There's, uh, of course, the Polestar 1 Coupe that is intriguing the daylights. This is beautiful. That's a good-looking car, yeah. To be built in China is my understanding, but I hope for massive sales on that. I hope it brings the GT category really back to life in a brand-new way. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're talking about the 8 Series doing for BMW. I mean, that was... Gosh, Porsche needs to throw in the 929 in the mix or something. Something, yeah. Come on. But we've got the Polestar 1 now. The, the Polestar 1 reminds me of the old, um, what is it, the P1800? Is that what they were called? Yeah. You the, can see hints. I can kind of see, the, see yeah. the, the hints there. Yeah, I can see that. And then finally, what about this uh, this Honda Sports EV Coupe? I'm looking oh, at I it. that one. It's, it's very intriguing. It's almost retro-looking. I mean, it does have some retro things about it, but I say retro by virtue of relatable shapes. You know, like a hot dog shape or, you know, circles or the squircle kinds of shapes, the headlight and the taillights. Uh-huh. But things relate to each other, and I look at that as sort of the next, you know, pulling it along back to what I loved about the Honda S2000 and then using it as a platform showcase for new technology. I like that part about it. Plus, it's a small, lightweight, appears to be a driver's car. Yeah. And it appears to be somewhat affordable that, you know, we could all love and enjoy and sort of the next coming of an S2000, maybe, or the bones of something like that. That's why it intrigued me. It, does, it doesn't have to be all McLarens and Lamborghinis and the, you know, the nutso stuff. Koenigsegg exhibited in Geneva, as did Brabus, and everybody brought yeah. their hot stuff. But, of course, that's where the market's at. That's where a lot of rich people actually go shopping. Have you found it yet? You're, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what do you think it, of this thing? It's interesting. Uh, I, I don't know the details. I'm just pulling it up. But it actually was unveiled a 
while earlier this year, I think. It was. It was. It's just finally made an appearance actually in the flesh here at uh at the um at the motor show. But yeah, it's it's like Mazda MX five. It's Miata-sized. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean I, I think I'm not sure I like the the C pillar roof size. line, but you know, I, 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 the idea sounds great. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're pushing on some retro looking things here. They're mm-hmm. You know, they're trying things, I would say, but I, I just look at this as it appears to be hearkening back to its Honda roots and then yeah. you know, using, as I Especially said, Especially that showcase. front end. Yeah, very much so. But relatable shapes, though. I, I, I'm kind of digging this thing. Just seeing it again kind of reminded me of that. And, uh, oh, yeah, those roof cars. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> Honestly, I just... <laughs> you're going to laugh at me because I woke up this morning thinking about something that I've never actually really entertained before. And it's the earth roamer familiar with these, the earth roamers that are built in Colorado. They have, they're on huge F five fifty and F seven fifty platforms. Todd and I saw one at SEMA was their $1.5 million F seven fifty motorhome (laughs) earth roamer. I woke up this morning and for some reason, earth roamer popped in my head and I just, I dreamed of, you know, just, chucking it all and disappearing for going off the grid for a week. Yeah, all of that stuff. It's or got so it's got all this stuff. They're so beautiful. They're so well crafted, so well thought out. They're so expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> houses a little bit, a little bit. are cheaper. Two houses are cheaper than this thing. Anyway, so I'm I'm dreaming about Earth Roamers for some strange reason. So if you have an Earth Roamer or you know of somebody who's an Earth Roamer, if anybody from Earth Roamers listening, I love them. I'd love to <laughs> have one someday and just Go cruising. It could be the track support vehicle. There you go. At any track that we go. go to for yeah. racing. It could be just get away for a couple of weeks. It's only $5 million. I mean, we, well, they're 1.5. Oh, I mean, 1.5. And the, the base ones start at like 450000 which is that's chump change. also a house. But still. Chump change. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Earth Roamers are on my brain for some reason. I'm just, I'm all about them. I'm, all, I'm in love with that life, that get away, just disappear kind of living, I guess. I'm just very intrigued with that oh, right now. Go. It's not not for me, but there you go. thought about it all day long for some reason. All right, so, so was, anything that you hated about uh, that came up that you hated about Geneva? Uh, yeah, a couple, <laughs> couple things. Okay. So the the, uh, the McLaren Senna GTR. What? I think it's hideous. What? And it looks worse as a race car. I'm sorry. Some people love it. I think it's just ugly. But Sacrilege. I, I will say... Every single McLaren that has come out, with the exception of the 12C, when they came out, I thought was ugly. And most of them since, I have now, I've, they've grown on me. What about the 720? What did you think when you first laid eyes on it? I didn't like it. What? I like it now, but I didn't like it at so the time. So it grew on you. It grew, it's grown on me a lot. So might the mission in person has made Turismo, a the, the Sport Turismo, grow on you? Would you it, leave the door it, cracked for yeah, that possibility? Yeah, I always, I always do with cars. Is there's okay. so many cars now, you see in pictures and you think, ooh, but then you see it in person. Like, oh, those lines make a lot more sense in person. And I will say, aerodynamics played a huge oh, part yeah. in the Senna's development. Oh yeah. So reserve, you know, yeah, a yeah, grain yeah. of salt, salt well, like next to your bed. But for now, I think it's hideous. Okay. Um, Yikes! But. I'm also not really. I, I'm kind of up in the air with the AMG GT4. Are you? I'm intrigued with this. I, I think it looks lot. great. I like the idea, but at the same time, it's like we've already got the CLS. Yes, but isn't it developed to get rid of the CLS or move it, on past I, it? I don't know. It could be. I didn't look. That, that was my deep understanding. Would, I liked the concept, even though people are saying, "Well, Mercedes has built itself a Panamera." Yay! Even though, kind of. I guess I suppose, but I like the concept. They had a car to start with that they derive this car from yeah thinking a lot of the styling elements on there i'm oh, really you can digging see clearly this thing. too i i bet you the proportions will change your mind when we see this thing in person the proportions will change your mind. yeah like i said i think it looks great i'm just trying to figure out what the purpose is since we've already got a similar car that they build themselves i mean mercedes they have the new a class coming out they've got all these models yeah. coming out so they're they're playing the bmw game because yep. they what can. can we sell to these three people <laughs> there, there's an untapped market niche there's people with dollars that we need, so we'll spend millions on tooling and wait. <laughs> what was the business decision? Uh, then the, the the other one that really 
stuck out to me was the uh, the Lexus UX 250. I don't know if you saw that. The UX 250. I did not. It's uh it's based off the Toyota CHR, so it's their small crossover. Because the CHR is so huge. Yeah, uh-huh. and well, it has the worst Predator grill to date. It oh, is enormous. Right. Oh, I am. I did see this. I just kind of scrolled on past. Why? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. It's didn't this just, come out earlier? It may or have. It's, it's the first I'd seen it. It's just I saw it and about gagged. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lexus. I've, but I've you're, seen you're... better executions of this Predator grill. I, I yeah, I, I think it works on some of their models, but not all of them. Honestly, I'm kind of digging it. But you cannot argue that they have firmly differentiated themselves oh, in yeah. the market. Yeah. Like BMW with kidney grills. Mercedes yep. is finally doing that now. So what is that? Okay, Mercedes. Yep. There's a, I mean, Kia with the tiger nose, all these kinds of corporate looks. You cannot mistake it whether you like it or not. No, that's true. It's definitely a corporate face. <laughs> yeah, I thought I saw this in Tokyo for some, some reason, but I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, I actually kind of dig elements about this. It's rather aggressive, but anyway. It is aggressive. That's that's that is all I will give them that is that Lexus has differentiated themselves with their styling. And yeah. And they've they've you know, whether you like it or not, it's flashy. Yeah. And it, it stands it out. Is. And you like you said, you know what it is, and oh there's a Lexus. <laughs> At least they're not Mercedes copycats <laughs> like they started, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, what else? Anything else that stuck out at Geneva for you? No, that kind of finished finished me finishes me up for geneva all right well there's of course a lot more to discuss but we will take a break for now and we will come right back we've got a great debate after the break if you're looking to buy a car you're probably familiar with terms like msrp you might even know what it stands for but what does that actually mean you know the same goes for invoice list price and dealer price it's enough to confuse anybody all you're really looking for is a price that actually means something introducing true price from true car Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees, accessories, everything, before you even get to the dealership. True Car Dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Well, because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers already know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features aren't available in all states. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And we're back, and we've got a great car debate here from uh, Emily and her husband. Uh, yes. They are in Wisconsin, kind of up near Road, Atlant- or, uh, Road America, Blackhawk Farms, and uh, what was the other track? Uh, uh, great Lakes Dragway. Yeah, the Dragway, so yeah. Centrally located between three great racetracks, and they have quite a conundrum, as they put it, and quite the garage to go along with it. Yeah, this is great. This is actually going to be hard, but I have an answer, Emily, and there's a reason that chance is here that corresponds with us doing the debate. The second reason is... Because of the final choice I think you should pursue that Chance doesn't know about yet. No, not yet. But the first reason is because Emily and her husband own two Lotuses. Yep. In a lease and an Exige. And I thought you and I could speak dispassionately about Lotus, even though (laughs) we love Lotus. But we could sit here and speak without Todd here. Of course, he's listening and grinning right now. But actually, she's asking, should we sell one of the Lotuses? The Loti? Too well, many Lotus. Well, and, and who says that? I have too many Lotuses. And here's the thing: both of these Lotuses are modified. One of them's pretty heavily modified. Well, just about everything they own. Yeah, they're all they're all pretty seriously modified. That's a thread. Keep that in mind as you're listening to this debate. Yes. So here here's here's what they've got. They've got a 2016 GTI six-speed manual performance pack, APR Stage Two, and other mods. That is her daily yeah, driver. Yeah, that's Emily's daily. Yep. 
2013 WRX STI, also manual, Cobb Stage 2, plus other mods. That's his daily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they got a 2006 Corvette. It's modded for drag racing, so it is a, it is an automatic. Emily, I like how you're right. It's it's modded for casual drag racing at the track and getting me to school fast. Fast, fast, like yes. Like that. Uh, then there's a 2005 Lotus Elise in chrome orange, highly modified, BOE Rev 400 supercharger, etc., and the 2007 Lotus Exige S in Krypton Green, which is probably my favorite color on those things. Is it really? Probably. Really low miles, BOE Torque 300 tune, and supporting mods. Everything and they own is just, is completely modified. Yeah. And when we say school, Emily is a special education teacher, and her husband is a tool and die maker. Can I, can I just say, when I first read that, <laughs> I didn't finish the sentence, and I just saw, my husband is a tool. I was like, oh. And Dime Maker. Oh, and Dime Maker. <laughs> yes. Yes. You've got to keep reading. Yes. Skimming does nobody any good. All right. So uh, they've had a lot of previous cars, and I want you to note here, they have had three Mustangs, yep. which kind of ties you being the Mustang guy. All of them were forced induction cars. Yes. Her husband loves to wrench, and that is, again, that's the big takeaway here. Just keep that in mind as you're listening to all this. Yeah. Um, so... They're they're trying to get decide what to do. Either keep them as they are, uh, ditch the STI for a different fun daily, ditch the Exige for a different summer weekend car, or any combination <laughs> of those. Um, who says I'm going to ditch one of my I, Lotuses? I, I, I know, gotta, right? Apparently they do. Does that? But uh, they're for sure keeping the GTI, the Elise, and the Corvette. Yes, those three are definitely staying. She says because the GTI is her daily. They love the Elise, and the Corvette is the drag car. But what's up for grabs here are the XE, just Chance said, and the STI. Everything's negotiable here. And what Emily suggests is when we ditch both cars, the the combined income and adding a little bit is $90,000. So that is yeah. the budget that we have to work with. We can break that up however we want. Yep. But it actually has to be two cars. At first I thought, well, why does it have to be two? What if we just got one? Because they still want a fun summer daily car. And her husband needs a get-to-work car. Yeah. So you actually kind of have to choose two cars, However, which is I, crazy. I did think, though, if you really wanted to, you could get a 997 Turbo with PDK and just be done. You can get a nice one for that. Yeah. It'd be a great all-around car. That's very true. Great I like for commuting. That. And I knew you'd like that. But, yeah, you can find them for 75 to 90 all day long. I, I looked yeah. earlier. And so you could have that and have your... your beater car for winter if you really wanted to but you can just drive the turbo through snow too yeah okay you know how there's always a twist to everybody's story Uh uh-huh here's the twist both of them are feeling stale towards their current fleet yeah explain that one nobody listening feels stale towards your (laughs) fleet i guarantee you but okay they're out of garage space in their current home and they're looking to buy a new home with a bigger garage of course But they are car nuts who hang out with all their car friends, and they run a monthly cars and coffee event in their community. So they love the straight line thing. They love the track and the fun weekend drivers and twisty roads, everything in between. So it's kind of like they're the ambassadors of the car disease in their area yeah. running this you know, this cars and coffee club. And it's almost like they need a car to kind of be the big dogs, even though they already have the collection that... You could argue that it's already that, it's but impressive. they need to roll up and be the go-to couple that you know rolls in heavy. And yeah. what will that be? So this is the big twist, $90,000. Yeah, and I know Paul's really excited about this one. He told me right when I got here, he's yeah. like, I, I have one. I, I, this is it. I do. I'm going to tease it. I'm going to work towards it too. But I want to hear what you've got. Yeah, so they, they said their, their top choices are an Alpha 4C, uh, Mustang GT and GT350s, uh, the new Supra that we talked about earlier. Right. Um, another Corvette, maybe a newer one. <laughs> we own multiple I mean, Lotuses. You know, so why not multiple Corvettes? Uh, then the Quadrifo- Alfa Romeo, Julia Quadrifoglio. They said absolutely no GTRs. That was the only... Which probably means Skylines include. are out too, right? That would be my assumption, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're asking... Emily's actually saying, she says, what should we do? Help, help. All right. So, Curious. So yeah, I, I have a, a few. I kind of went a little nuts here because with this nuts kind of is good. this I kind mean, of we're already budget, in nutsville. with this kind of budget, you the sky's almost the limit. Really, <laughs> you can have a lot of fun for ninety grand. Yeah. Uh, so 
if you want like just straight up fun cars, I mentioned the 911 Turbo, but you know, you're near three racetracks. You can get 997 GT3s for around 80 grand and have enough to get a, a cheap runaround car. Oh, and GT3 for was, 80 and a cheap Civic. And that's what I'm starting with. Okay. All right. So, all right. Good. Uh, they mentioned Mustang GT350s. You can get the GT350Rs even within this budget and still have money left over. Are they still marked up? Technically, okay. yes. That is actually something we forgot to mention. Is they did say they want for the fun car to be something that will retain value similarly to the Elise. Yes, and it's got to be special too. It's got to be you know. And what is this? The GT350R fits that. Perfectly. It does. Well, I they know are, you love that car. Yeah, I really want one. It's, I know you it's do. It's bad. <laughs> Think Paul with came with Porsches. That's me with the GT350. Pretty much. But you can get those. I found some as low as as low as seventy three. <laughs> as low. So there, there's still. What do I have to do to get you into this GT350R? Yeah, yeah right. There's <laughs> there's still the the R's are still above MSRP even used. Are they really even used? They are. Because I, I, I know saw you're Several prices. in the hundred thousand range that are wow. brand new. And even the used ones only have like 2,000 miles on them. Yeah, so they're, people bought they're, them as investment yeah. cars and then dumped them. But if you wanted one that you can use a little more regularly and and you know save some money and get a, another runaround car, you can get the GT350s for under 50 now. You can. They're, they're just not, not the R. They're not the R's. And they are typically the base model car that doesn't have the Magna Ride or the track pack or anything like that. But right. you can find them. But the point is... You can also get this one I think you'll like, and it's a bit of a stretch. I did find a Cayman GT4 for 92. Oh. Might, like might, be, able to talk the down, might be able to talk them down to 90, hence putting <laughs> it on my list. 90. But then you've, you've spent your, your budget, your entire budget yeah. on one car. Yeah, there is I'm that not complaining, problem. but she and her husband might. Right. But they've got other cars, too. That was kind of my mentality okay. there. And they want to save garage space. <laughs> Which helps him there as well. You see what he's doing, Emily. Yes. So I'm I'm being being cheeky here. <laughs> all right, all right. Keep going. Um, the other one I found that was that puts it's a little bit over budget, but is really intriguing. And I don't know if you've ever recommended it before. You've recommended the lower version of this car before, but not this okay, one. Okay. Okay. I found an Aston Martin V12 Vantage for '94. Lush. With Lush. like twenty-six thousand miles on it. Okay. But it, it's also over budget. But, it is. So you could what, find... What, have you been listening to me lately or something? Yeah, I have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can find V8 Vantages all day long for 40 to 60. And yeah. And have, have plenty of money left Brilliant over to car. get a newer STI or WRX or... Sure. Whatever you'd like to daily. Sure. Okay. Okay. And another option I came up with... I have a lot of options. Can you tell? Yeah. You are all over the map. But it's good. I had uh, the, the new Corvette Grand Sport... Which means two two Corvettes in the stable. Yeah, but, but they had two Elises in the stable, two Lotuses. <laughs> and they did mention newer Corvettes. That's true. And you can They've get already... them in auto or manual. There's already a precedent set. And I, I did think Z06, you can do two, but figured the Grand Sport's probably the better all-arounder. One for drag, one for track. Yeah. And the yeah. license plates are accordingly labeled. <laughs> yeah. Um. But the one I'm I'm particularly proud of is I found a uh, Ferrari F430 for seventy five grand. Are with you low miles? Me? Is it salvage or no. is it a whole car? Whole car, clean title. It's in resale red. What? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. It's, it's a, genuinely it's a, a 430. Oh, it does have an accident on its record. I don't know how bad it is. It doesn't really say. <laughs> it's got fifty thousand miles on it. Is the front of the car gone? It, it the pictures it looks great so you it, are the master of sleuthing out these uh, these rebuilt titles or salvage title cars. I usually I usually try to ignore them, but sometimes you find the right one. And I'll I'll be honest, I I do avoid the salvage title cars like like a plague. Okay, but All right. the, if it's got an accident on it, depending on how bad it is, it may or may not matter. Yeah, so you're ending up there. You're, uh, you're so at the my Ferrari? my last thought is is way into the weeds, and I thought, we never well, do that. well, you're close to a racetrack, several of them. Yeah, great ones. And for this budget, you could easily buy a spec Miata, a truck, and a trailer. <laughs> 
and uh, And a lot of race gas. I found several spec Miatas for twelve to fifteen grand. Oh, easy! You can get a nice truck and trailer for that, and have two years worth of track days. And tires. And, and tires. And, and actually, this one of the spec Miatas I found came with two spare engines for twelve grand. Wow. So, I mean, there, there's that's what I'll leave you with. That's just something to think about. Okay, pretty good. I didn't see that coming, but uh, I'm hoping that this will be a twist for you too, Emily. I'm, I'm liking what Chance said here. And I kind of started in the same way. We have to kind of start somewhere and get momentum. Yeah. So I thought about... Audi R8 Cabriolets and an inexpensive Civic. But I yeah, didn't like that. I, very I thought much. that too. Did you? Kind of was like, yeah, they didn't don't like hold, that very much. They don't hold value and just eh, no. Great and I cars, thought about but... you know Carrera 4s from 2007 or 60k. Yeah, thought that okay, too. Okay, okay. Uh, how about a BMW M2? You know, nice ones are 55 to 60, yep. which led me to a 1M BMW 1M, which is an exquisite, unique, rare car, but it doesn't look like it. It does to the enthusiast, but to most people, it just looks like a small car. Mm-hmm. So I kept going from there, and the safe and predictable choice for my recipe number one for you, Emily, is the 2014 Porsche 991-911 Cabriolet Carrera S for 72, only 40,000 miles, PDK, because her husband needs an automatic transmission. Yeah, for, for, the, the for the commute. So this is the fun, but then you could go get a 2013 or 2014 Audi A4 Quattro for 18. That's the commute car. So you've got the Cabriolet fun summer car, the commute car. Yeah, yeah. That's the safe. And you can find all both choice. of those all day long within this range. Yes, you can. All day so long. One for 72, the other for 18. Okay, so right at 90. But there's no modding to be done on either of those cars. And remember, all five cars that they have have been modified and her husband loves to wrench. Yeah, that is something that I I struggled with finding the right Right, right so mix. by choosing that option, you're actually taking the love of wrenching away from him. Right. So I can't do that. Then I went to, for my recipe number two, a Lotus Evora. I thought, that's a more rare car. It's keeping with the Lotus theme. Get one for 50 or 60 and then go get an A4 or you know Honda Civic or something like that. Yeah. Also safe-ish, kind of boring. Not that Lotus not Evoras that it's are boring. boring but but you, yeah, Evoras are boring. Again, Good thing Todd's not here. <laughs> Not as much modding. And so here's here's the deal. This is what I think you should do. You need to go classic. I, you know, I, I thought of doing that too, actually. <laughs> I did. This is why you're here. And I went immediately to a Shelby Cobra replica Ooh, yeah. for 50 or 60. Yeah. But that's not the car that I'm choosing. Hmm. I'm thinking about you both taking on a project car that you both will love and come up with some custom Th- paint I, job. I think I know where you're going now. I thought of um, this car from Factory 5 Racing, which is a yep. Type 65 or the Daytona Coupe replica that you could either buy or build, but guess what? You can wrench on it till the end of time and modify the daylights out of this car and add to that, say those are 5060, add a 996 Porsche 911 Carrera 4S for 30, 35 grand is your daily. Yep. You've got the Porsche because no, neither of you have owned a Porsche ever in your list of pre-owned cars, and then this is the special car that you roll hot up to the Cars and Coffee Club Yeah, in. yeah, there you go. The yeah. Type 65, the Daytona Coupe replica, custom paint, whatever that engine is, side pipes. I mean, Todd and I saw one I, at SEMA. It, had, it was designed by or built by a guy who was formerly a fighter pilot, and the gear shift lever was, of course, the stick out of an F-18. Yeah. So it had all the stuff on it, the buttons, you know, rocket launchers, everything. Super cool. Type 65, Daytona Coupe. You can modify it. You can either build or oh, yeah. buy. That, that's, I will say, how you want. I will say that's a very slippery slope. So it the, is. The kits start, I forget what the Coupe start at, but the 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 Cobra kits start at like 15, 16 grand, something like that. It's been a while since I looked. But yeah. then you buy your engine and I'm paint and everything else. Saying, you're, you're, it, it's a slippery slope. And it it's might get 70, more expensive 80 than you maybe, want to but be. Then but then Civic for the daily but, or something yeah, like that. But then you've got a Daytona Coupe. Yeah. I talk about eye catching different you are the couple rolling up in the And then you, you you find a, a coyote V eight out of some uh-huh. wrecked car and put a blower on it, do exactly do your thing right. and yeah. For those of you who don't know, Chance used to work for Kirkham Cobras. I he did. knows Fords. He he's building a rest of mod, Project Pony up. I mean he is the Ford Mustang guy. So 
What do you think of this idea? That's a, that's actually a really a really great idea. I'm I'm kind of uh, proud of it, but of course, having having worked for Kirkham, I'm, I'm a little um, biased. But you know, those <laughs> those are out of the budget by far, and you don't build them yourself, right? So there is there is that, but but no, they're they're fast. They're great cars. I would still love to own one, and you know, you build it yourself and make it your own. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have so many questions to get to. Emily and uh, husband, hello. Hope that's helpful. Please let us know what happens. And if you're looking for a really great modded SCI or Lotus Exige, you know who to contact. Yeah, yeah. We'll put you in touch with them. But like I said, we've got to get to questions. There's so many. I, I'm wondering, where did you start? Actually, uh, there were a few for you, as a matter of fact, uh, on here. Uh, just refreshing the page briefly. Yeah. I only saw one earlier that was directed specifically at me i'll I'll jump into that one right now actually yeah uh scott drell's been preparing me for this question all week yes he has thank you uh he asked me you have three week a three week all expenses paid vacation for you and a guest where are you going and what are you and paul going to do and in parentheses (laughs) sorry i meant your wife (laughs) right But uh, yeah, I I think I would love. Well, I don't think I would love to go to the Italian Riviera, and I've I've had this this um kind of road trip mapped out on Google for really? quite a while. Really, uh, I I won't remember it all, but start somewhere like Nice and then drive along the coast down to Rome. Lovely. Hit up Rome for a couple days, then you can go up to you know stop at the Marinello, go to Ferrari, Lamborghini, yes. Pagani. Yes. Uh, maybe hit a racetrack on the way there or something. And then go up to uh, – go up north and go hit Stelvio Pass. Yeah. And go through the mountains to um, – oh, I can't think of what it's called. It's it's where um, – kind of near Mont Blanc. Go through the mountains up okay. in that, that area. And then okay. loop your way back down through um, the route Napoleon – and then back across to Nice. Okay. Wow. Wow. Pretty nice. Dig that. Dig that. I'm looking for questions here. Uh, man, I, Destin Kate on Instagram is asking, does other people's perception influence the car you buy? In other words, would you still buy a car you loved if it was globally disliked or considered not an enthusiast car, not <laughs> enthusiast enough? I'm going with yes because... And and the answer is, yes, I would still buy it. And perception matters, but if you love a car, that's the whole emotion behind what we're here for and what we do yeah. and what the disease is defined by is you bought it because you love it and it speaks to you. I'm going to say I own three. <laughs> so the Mustang, when they first came out, was a secretary's car is what they were known for. That's true. Now yeah. they're known for hitting crowds thanks to YouTube. Right, any car show, and, cars and coffee. Yeah, so I've got that to deal with. Yeah, true. Um, and then the BRZ, you go look at any of our YouTube comments on any of the FRS BRZ pieces we've done. People say it's not a sports car. They're not all that. It, you know, there's a lot of you know, opinions on that too. <laughs> they're not powerful enough, you, know, you name it. And then our Boxster is a girl car. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's or what, a lemons car. That, that's what people say. Yeah, true, true. So... There you go. <laughs> All right, good. What other questions stuck out to you here? Um, Ed Hayes asked, would you buy a PT Cruiser with a Hellcat motor? I saw this. this or is, is the car so bad to begin with? It's I'm going to say yes. They're a terrible car to begin with. But you look at the styling with those things, and I've always thought this. I've always thought it would be fun, even when the Hemi first came out, to take a PT Cruiser you know, they kind of look like the old woody wagons from back in the 40s that anyways. That was the entire point. Is the Which bread is, van. Yeah. The same designer did the HHR uh-huh. and the PT Cruiser. And the HHR looks worse, if I'm honest. <laughs> if that's possible. Yeah. But you take take a PT Cruiser, convert it to rear-wheel drive, and put a, a Hemi motor in it, a V8, and hot rod, be Hellcat hot rod the thing. Yeah, yeah. when I has originally had the idea the Hellcat motor wasn't a thing. But that's how long I've, I've thought that would be a cool idea. Would I actually do it? No, because that's just money down the drain and you'll never see it again. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it would be a fun idea and a great SEMA car. Yeah, interesting. All right, uh, what else is on here? 
Looking at, uh, oh, Mason uh, writes to us. Mason E. is saying his significant other is refusing to support a vehicle purchase that he wants to make. However, in her defense, he's wanting to trade his much more fuel-efficient vehicle from mid-2000s Toyota Land Cruiser. There's somebody here, uh, a guy here, just uh, not too far from Salt Lake, actually Heber City, I think is putting Chevy uh, small blocks in Toyota Land Cruisers. Oh, interesting. And just making them run. He's not just, you know, they're not expensive. They're not doing the whole build. He's just dropping a reliable V8 in this thing. Anyway, pretty cool. So huh. he's saying, you know, the Toyota Land Cruiser are not practical, but he wants the off-road camping. And he's got the Earth Roamer thing going on, too, it sounds like. So my suggestions, Mason, are for her to support your purchase is, if you go ahead with it, could you eventually save for... Again, a very inexpensive, reliable commute car that will take the place. Could you yeah. say, you know what, buy this, and then I'm not going to do anything to it until that happens? Or could you plan a trip around, centered around the use of that car that she will enjoy, going to a place she would love, and it kind of combines both interests? I'm just saying, try to, you know, involve yeah, her. Yeah, you in definitely got to get her on board with that one. That's not not always easy to do. <laughs> what are you saying? That's not always easy to do. <laughs> danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> Step carefully. Did uh, you see Zacchaeus on here? He said, I showed a girl bring a trailer, and I scarred her for life. Yeah. I thought it was pretty funny. That was pretty clever. Yeah, because um, we all look at bring a trailer constantly. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, Benjamin Land on Instagram asks, are manual Honda Fits driver's cars? Haven't driven one, but I'm curious. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if I'd go as far as saying they're a driver's car. But they could be maybe a, this is probably a stretch, but like a Fiesta ST in disguise. It's a bit of a stretch, but they are but, fun. And, and, and they're I really say useful. that, yeah, I say cheap. that because if you go watch Pirelli World Challenge, their touring car class mm-hmm. is littered with Honda Fits. Is it? And they do really well. Really well. Are they really hot? I mean, they're stripped out, but they're not allowed to do anything to the power. Really? Mm-hmm. So they're just super light. Yeah, and I mean they're going against like uh, Ford Fiestas, Fiat 500s. That's and right. Similar I ha- cars you have like taken that. A bunch of photos of Fitz going. What on earth? Why are these fast? Yeah. So I've, I've, I'll have to post one tomorrow or something. But yeah. Or, or and uh, I've got some of these Honda Fits hitting the curbs at Utah Motorsports Campus with. Both wheels way off the ground. You're kidding me. And it just looks hilarious. Reminds me of the Volvo Wagon, the touring car class. You know, the yeah. British touring car championships Yeah, so th- from think the of 80s. that, but with a little brick. <laughs> the, the wagon's already a brick, but just cut it in half. <laughs> and that's what this looks like. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Adam F. is on Facebook asking. He was saying that he's really hoping to hear from me on this as well. He's been curious about cars that we talk about that come in both rear-wheel drive and all-wheel drive examples. And Adam, this is an excellent question. It's a great question, yeah. What he's asking about is the driving dynamics and performance, essentially the feel of the steering when you add all-wheel drive to the recipe. What happens? And he names cars like the M235, 335i, the Lexus IS models, the G37, all these cars. I mean, let's include Porsches in the mix when you go to the Carrera 4S. What does that do? You could generally say that you're adding weight Oh, and yeah. complexity to the front of the car where you want it to be more responsive and delightful. So therefore, a sweeping statement would be that, yes, the rear-wheel drive car will feel better. But I will bring a counterpoint to you with a car Todd and I recently drove, which is the Jaguar F-Type 400 Sport, only made for the 2018 model year. Both of us stepped away from the car and looked at each other and said, this car's all-wheel drive. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It had one of the lightest ratios and feels that the steering was very quick. It was kind of like an oversized Toyota 86. Yeah. Only by Jag, looks better, sounds better, sure. is better, yeah. more expensive, of course. But we were both absolutely astonished to find out this was an all-wheel drive car. The the only ex- Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'll say the only experience I have with this was with the uh, the BMW 335i's, the, the E90, okay. E90 version. Sure. Um, I haven't driven any of them like hard on canyons or anything, but just dri- driving around town, I noticed the steering is – I mean, BMW's has heavy steering to begin with from that era. Yeah. But the steering on the all-wheel drive versions were even heavier. Mm-hmm. So they just weren't quite as responsive and – 
little slower, but I I have heard you can probably confirm this, but the 911s versus the 911 4s's, the 4s's usually feel way more planted. They do, and you can feel. I, I hope it's not a placebo effect that you're thinking. All right, I'm in the 4s, so I should feel a heavier weight and yeah. less responsive steering. But it does exist. It is there, but I don't think to the degree that some people claim. I think it's still great, personally. Sure. But, you know, not everything's a Lotus Elise, and Todd's <laughs> laughing right that's now. That's true. There was a question on here that I thought uh, I thought we could talk about. Oh, it was um, Mark B's question about the new Civic Si, saying a lot of people are disappointed with his car. Yeah. You were with us on the hot hatch, or the lukewarm hatches uh-huh. segment, and we had that car. I'm just curious as to what you thought, because you've probably seen it. That is on Vimeo as one of our episodes from season two. Yep. So you can go watch that on Vimeo. But I'm curious as to know what you thought about you know, the, this car. The, the one we drove, I mean, we had the Civic S, the Civic Sport hatchback, the Elantra. Was it the Elantra Sport? Yes, it just was it just the GT? It wasn't the GT Sport. It was just the GT. Okay. Yeah. And then we had the Mazda 3 Grand Touring. Mm-hmm. And you know, of the three cars, the the Civic was the only one with the manual. So that kind of had a placebo effect too, I think, on Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, What are you saying? Well, I remember watching watching the and he says that the car was more fun to drive and I think that was solely because it had a manual transmission. Yeah. My my opinion, I think it was more fun to drive just because of the transmission. And right? I'm but, asking, I'm genuinely asking. The the Civic, the one we drove, it was about as base as they get. So Yeah, and we were looking was, for it though. It wasn't it wasn't awesome, but I I I didn't have any complaints with it. I thought it was a fun car and granted it wasn't the SI. But I, I didn't have any problems with it. But I did. I think of the three, I put the the Elantra in second, and the Mazda first. Granted, I've owned Mazdas, so a little biased. And but the <laughs> sure. But the the Elantra Sport, I think, was or the Elantra was a great car, and they've come such a long ways over the last ten, fifteen years. Yeah, I agree. With they that. don't have the reputation that they deserve. I think. If that makes sense, they're a lot better than their reputation gives the, the, because of their past. Sure, you know, they were the the cheap, you know. Here's a nine grand car with, <laughs> here's some wind up windows. If you're lucky, yeah. All right, so I think uh, one more question for each of us before we wrap things up. I've got one here from Michael D, who's asking about the city you believe has the most drivers of cars named after after that city. So. The Toyota Tacoma, the Kia Sedona, Hyundai Tucson, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know about cities, but I will say the winner, at least for the name of the car, Ferrari California. Oh, yeah, for sure. That That's a good one. takes the cake. I don't know about city. Maybe the Kias and the Hyundais. Say, but... I will say the Hyundai Tucson. I, I grew up in Tucson, and you didn't see a That's whole right. lot of them there. No. They're just, Maybe more now, there. since they're actually more accepted as a real car. Yeah. But, yeah. So... Yeah, I'd say Ferrari, California. I mean, there's way more of those in California. Aptly named, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Ed the Sled on Instagram was asking, what kind of car-related bachelor party would you have have <laughs> in the U.S.? Track days at Willow Springs, drag racing in Las Vegas, Pebble Beach trip, budget of one to two grand per person. Oh. And in my mind, instantly went to F1 at Circuit of the Americas. Oh, Good. I mean, can you can you even top that? Good. Can we have some VIP activities yeah, thrown in there yeah, with have, seating the, and? The, surely you can do something with two grand a person on the trip like that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I will add to that, Ed. As far as that's great for bachelor parties, but then where would you get married? And it would be what about the Black Hawk Museum? Or maybe this would be the reception, the Black Hawk Museum in Danville, California. Hmm. They exhibit at Pebble Beach every year, or used to actually. Yeah, well, I mean, Peterson. can you imagine having a reception and you just you know you can reach out and touch a you know million dollar whatever? Yeah, or, or like Peterson or Lemay or, Peterson. or yeah, you know, name your car exhibit. Yeah, no kidding. Got a lot of good ones here. Holy cow! Well, guys, thank you so much for all these excellent questions. We're sorry we can't get to all of them, but uh, man, just gets us thinking. And uh, if you've got your own debate, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website. Man, thank you for being on again. I really appreciate you. I think you're liking it more and more, too. It's so much fun, and time goes by so fast. (laughs) Doesn't it? It really does. We are at the end already. (laughs) 
It's crazy. Well, uh, yeah, guys, we've got so much coming at you. Uh, Todd and I are really in the midst of uh, figuring things out. The pilgrimage trip for 2018 is forthcoming. Yep. So keep that in mind. Start saving your pennies right now because uh, it's going to be a little bit different. There's some twists and turns. It's going to be a lot of twists and turns. Yep. Anyway, but it should be pretty cool. It should so. be a good one. And then, uh, yeah, more uh, more filming to be done here. So, um Got a lot of work to do, and thanks to you again for for doing all the amazing shooting that you do. You and Edgar oh, are amazing. Thanks, I try, and that's what I'm here for, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, guys. Like I said, uh, appreciate it so much. Write to us, uh, even just drop us a line, tell us what's going on, and uh, look forward to next time. Yep. Cheers, everyone. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno, live on the scene of a recent windstorm, here to describe the event, the chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.